Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And as we approach iPhone 15 launch, we have even more rumors, even about the iPhone 16. We're going to talk about that. Have some follow-up on uh, iPad keyboards. iOS 17, developer beta 6, and public beta 4 are out. Some minor changes there. And the iMac celebrated 25 years. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh Masterclass and Notion. And joining me this week is my good friend, William Gallagher. How's it going, William? Uh, well, I was going to say it was fine, but you've got iPhone 15 and 6. I have iPhone 17. iPhone 17? Oh, you. my. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, my. I know when it's coming out. Everything. Wait a minute. Uh, to, at yeah. least to the, the month and the year, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. No, no, just kidding. Maybe maybe they'll transition back to a June release cycle. Remember back then? We were on oh, a goodness. June release. Yes. Yes. Yeah, were we ever that young? It seems so long ago. Yeah, it was a long but, time ago, but we were... I don't know if you heard this part of the episode last week, but I had gone to the National Museum of Natural History in Washington, D.C., and I mentioned to Wes that my son saw an iPhone 5C for the first time because it was in a museum, William. (laughs) It was in a museum. Okay. I just want to point that out there. I saw the original, the next cube that the the entire internet was created on in a museum in Bradford here in the UK. Wow. And that was quite thrilling as well, but yeah. um, didn't make me feel old at no, all. It like, is, that just did. Yeah. It is a, it's, it's quite a feeling to see technology you grew up with or used in your uh, career all of a sudden now in a museum. Yeah. Ridiculous. But anyway, you know what's not in a museum is this podcast, William, because this is fresh. This is fresh content. This is episode 490. Can you believe wow. that? So call it 500 hours of talking about Apple stuff. We're probably done now, aren't we? What else is there left to say? <laughs> no, no, no. Still plenty to go. I could talk about iPad keyboards for a whole hour. We're going to get into that. Yes, I have I have questions oh, about very that. very good, very yes. good. Well, one piece of follow-up I do want to mention because Wes and I discussed last week, might we see an iPhone SE 3 goes does away with the home button? Would we have Face ID across the entire lineup? And we did have a listener, Jandre Badenhorst, I think it's how you pronounce the name, but they're saying their fiance is actually visually impaired, re- relies on voiceover, and also not having a physical home button would uh, probably uh, make some things more difficult as far as voiceover and accessing the device and things like that. So I do wonder, maybe there are cases where Apple wants an iPhone with a physical home button, or at least you know the uh, pressure-sensitive button area in its lineup uh, for a long time. I don't know. What do you think, William? Do you think the home button will go away soon or... Yes, I think it's toast, just a matter of time. But uh, forever, Apple has had a virtual home button you could have through accessibility. And so it's not a tactile thing, but you could place it at the same point on the screen and it would always be there. Uh, I use that on some iPhone where the physical home button broke and I couldn't uh, replace it for a while. And it seemed... It was always in the way when you were looking at it. Yeah, But also, it was terribly (laughs) handy. So I know back when... Home button iPhones were all there was. I think to help resale value, people actually used that virtual home button from like the moment they took it out of the box. This way, <laughs> the actual physical home button would never be depressed and the wow. the resale value would, would remain for many years. So we don't have to worry about that anymore for the most part. Yeah, so that was an interesting thought, but thank you for reaching out, John Dre. And uh, I have some thoughts about iPad keyboards, William, I'd like to share mm. because uh, I think yeah. I'm regressing. Just as the iPhone 5C is now in a museum, I think my... My preferences when it comes to iPad keyboards might be uh, going back in time because I told my iPhone repair saga last week and I and I mentioned that I was trying the smart keyboard folio once again with my iPad. Well, it's been over a week and a half and I think I'm going to stick with the keyboard folio and my 12.9 inch iPad Pro because it's so light. It's so thin. It's so nice to just carry it around. And while I do miss the trackpad every once in a while and poking the screen for everything, it's not as nice of an experience as a trackpad. I just can't get over how light and portable it is. It's wonderful. No. No. It just says no. It just no. I don't like the feel of the material, for one thing. I don't like the typing action on it. And I don't find the Magic Keyboard adds a massive amount of girth uh, to it. And it's so good when you have it that uh, just uh, no. That's it. No. <laughs> So, so William's response to me trying the folio is just no. Yeah. Listen, I will, I'll give you the fact that like the membrane style material, which is, it feels even gross to kind of say, it is not as nice to type on, but I'm also not 
writing. You know, you are a writer. You know, you write many words a day. Do you know how many words a day you write, like on average? I can tell you, because I had to count it for a different project I'm on, I'm averaging 20,000 words a week. 20,000 words a week? Yeah. What is a standard novel, like 100,000 words? Uh, between 90 and 120 for a typical uh, novel. So. Wow. So you technically, if you just focused on writing novels, you could write one every month. Almost. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, it's not just your typing speed that's involved. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. There's more to it. I'll just, just throw that in there. Oh, I see. Bit. There's other things that have to go into a novel. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, From I time think, to time. Have yes, you ever written a novel, one. William? I saw that book on Amazon last time we were together. I have plenty of nonfiction ones. I have a collection of short stories that's coming out. It's been delayed now, but it's still coming some point uh during lockdown i wrote a hundred thousand word novel and after lockdown i threw every single word of it away what? because it was dreadful, dreadful how do you know it was dreadful did anybody read it because i read it well you nobody's it. gonna read that one it is toast i'm fifty thousand into uh, a complete uh well not a replacement some similar things but it's a, a new thing so wow well i would be very curious i would like to uh, to read a william gallagher novel you have that that black and white moody photo on the inside flap with your no, that's profile. true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes. Also, oh, that it practically all done, isn't it? Then really, you know, I just <laughs> pretty much press a few keys. Just have ChatGPT generate some uh, prose for you. You'll do that. Yeah, gotta go. Um, Can I'm, I I'm in a tunnel. No, 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 and, no, no. I have a question about a movie because we often uh, talk about movies here. Everyone on social media is now asking whether or not you watch, you read the scripts for movies before you see them in theaters. Yes, I do. <laughs> what, what, what movie were people talking about before? Was it the Barbie movie you saw? Uh, I saw the Barbie movie the other week, uh, the weekend, and it is superb. Oh. I mean, the things I didn't like in it, I mean, tiny, tiny little things, uh, but it's just a fantastic piece of imagination, you know, something I could never have written, and I deeply admire it, and it is so clever, so funny. It's just glorious so oh. the moment that script is available there's a trade paper called deadline that very often features movie uh screenplays in full as part of an article about them and i'm you know crossing fingers that barbie by uh Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbaum, i think that's how you pronounce his name mm. that that will be in there somewhere and the moment it is i'm reading that you bet yeah. all right have you ever seen dead poet society Oh, yes. Yes. A very long time ago on television, uh, because I'm too young to have seen it at the cinema. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'll just go. I actually, I would actually never seen it. Oh. And uh, I know it is a very, it's like a classic. So we actually just started watching it last night. And so I was just curious. Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just started watching it. It's only a film. Do you take your films in 10 minute chunks? Listen, I I also, I don't want to get into this. I do a movie podcast and my co-host there also rails that I do not typically finish a movie in one sitting because I have three children. I typically do not get to watching a movie until it's late. And then it's too late. You you know, if I watched the whole thing in one sitting, it'd be one in the morning. Yeah. But typically I stop halfway through. Is that sacrilegious to you, William? Well, I don't see why one in the morning is a problem. I remember I once, um, (laughs) when I worked on Radio Times, we got uh, early release of Battlestar Galactica, the original miniseries, the Mm. to that things lying on a desk in the film department for ages because of some sky delay one day i got really bored had a long journey i borrowed part one loved it and then gave it to a friend who said she started watching it at midnight thinking it was an hour-long show and the next thing she knows getting on for three and she could not leave it could not leave it (laughs) that's the thing that's the thing so watch better films late at night that's what you need to do okay well anyway I, i enjoyed the first half (laughs) <laughs> maybe finish it tonight but anyway uh, back to ipad keyboards i understand the consternation on the folio it's not the best feel although i feel like i could spill an entire pitcher of water on this thing uh-huh. and it'd be fine you know because <laughs> okay. there's no you know it's it's like uh i don't know what it, it's like membrane it's not uh right right but you hole. smash your watch against walls deliberately you walk into door still frames me, still with me your phone anyway. and now you're contemplating spilling the no i just no. want and and people were saying the magic keyboard one of the reasons why it has to be so heavy is because the floating design and the angle at that it's at if it was lighter it might like topple over or something because the ipad's so heavy which i, I guess i understand but that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm kind of hoping for a second generation, though, that maybe it's a little lighter, maybe a little thinner, and then uh, I'd go back to it. But it's great. Listen, the Magic Keyboard's great. I'm not, uh, not not downplaying it, but I've been liking the folio. That's all. Well, that's very nice. Oh, I also wanted to ask you, too, about AirPods, William. Yeah. Uh, this is the part where I, this is me asking William things. 
This is the first uh, now part of the show when William's on. <laughs> Are there, please let there be things I know the answer to because I'll, I'll feel extra dumb. No, okay. no, no. Have, this is just personal experience. Have you ever dropped your AirPods like in the case, like they're in their case, you have the case in your hand and somehow you drop it onto like a hard surface, like a hardwood floor. Have you ever done that? No. You never? No. <sighs> Listen, William, I know you're perfect in every way, but this is a little <laughs> ridiculous. This is a little insane. No, it, I, let's go the other way here. What if you got against your Apple devices that you throw them I don't know against? What, I don't, sometimes I try to care. I like carrying things in one trip. When I get groceries, I'll carry 18 bags on each arm because I don't want to take more than one trip. <laughs> when I'm going from the bedroom over to the office, I'm ha- I carry two iPads airpods a phone and a water bottle so sometimes right. things don't i'm not I have the solid grip on it and they fall on the floor and uh, well i don't know what it is i don't know if you ever witnessed this but i dropped my airpods pro case and somehow it's like they're spring loaded when you're trying to get them out they're not spring loaded they're difficult to get out but for when you drop them yes. they just fly they just fly in the opposite directions and it just like one flew under the bed and the other just flew to who knows where it's just amazing how much they it's like they I don't know. They run away from each other when you when they pop out of the case like that. I just I don't know if you ever experienced that. No, but I can tell you there's an Irish expression for this thing you do of carrying everything. The lazy man's load, it's called, because oh. you can't be bothered to go back twice. See, you overdo it. Listen, yeah. my father used to say something similar. He would say the lazy man works twice as hard, and whenever he would say that, it would just burn anger in me because I knew it was true. <laughs> like I knew it was true when you try to like make something easier or do things in in less uh, efficient fashion you end up just doing more of it anyway uh, that's the last of that segment let's whoa no uh, but are the airpods okay are they still oh, yeah, working they're fine. they're fine oh right cool yeah, okay so so you failed there no no really? no 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 the airpod they're airpods pro they're, they're durable they're they're all good so uh let's get to some news let's get some news william ios 17 developer beta 6 i am running that on an iphone not my main iphone everybody's asking me how battery life is i don't know I don't know because it's on a it's on a secondary iPhone that just sits on my desk. But uh, the beta six is out, public beta four is out. Not really much changed except for one very controversial thing, which we hadn't even discussed yet on the show because no one noticed it. <laughs> I like how in the article you said no one noticed this for months, and now it's all of a sudden a uh, everybody's up in arms. Calamity. The end call button. Yes. The end call button. It was in the last betas. I think developer four and five. The end call button, if you were live on a call, was in the lower right corner. Oh, actually, now I've got to stop you there. It was in that it moved from the very first beta. So the first time I installed it, I told it, oh, look, it's moved. Never thought about it again until the silly season started. And now end of the world type stuff. Right. Yes. Well, so, okay. So from the first developer beta, it was in the bottom right corner, which I never talk on the phone. So I didn't even know. I didn't even know this was a thing. Is in the bottom right corner, and now in beta six, the latest, they have moved it back to the center. I guess because of the outcry uh, of of the location. I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe it's not a big deal. I, I guess you didn't even know your care, right? I saw it. I barely registered it. I never had one moment's problem turn ending the call. It's a big red button. It's just not hard. But actually, there is more of a change to this. Uh, in the before times, mm. the big red button was. Uh, bottom center of the screen and it was on its own away from all the other controls and now it's uh, in a set of six together and it was when it was moved to the right it is now it's moved to the back i think can see i mean you've got to want this to be a problem but you could argue (laughs) that it's possible to nudge the wrong button you know in the middle of throwing your phone across the room or whatever it is you that i do of course yeah now i will say and call button uh, yeah, whatever. Like it's a big red button. I think you can probably hit it on glancing down. It is the when a second call comes in and you're already on a call. That's the UI that needs some attention. Yes. <laughs> All these years, I'm still thought. Um... It's like it's like a uh, Indiana Jones like Temple of Doom situation. Like which of these three options actually does what I want? There's like the end call, accept new, and the put on hold and accept new, or send that one to voicemail. And it feels like whatever you're going to choose, it's going to be wrong. Like, it's, it's not going to do what you want it to do. That, that's the one that needs attention, I think. I don't know. I feel like if a, if a second call comes in, maybe just show controls that affect the second call that's coming in. Like, send a voicemail or, like, accept and, or put on hold or whatever. Or like, merge. Well, yeah. like, just have the controls do it. Because right now, it's like this combination 
like two circles overlapping and it's trying to tell you what you're going to do to the incoming call versus the one you're already on. And I feel like that's what confuses it. Do you have any, do you have any insight? It shouldn't be so confusing. I mean, it, it's, it's even written there, but for some reason, uh, I it just won't go in my head. So I seem to have got it right most times. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually you grok it, but it's, there's always that moment, like when the call first starts coming in and it's like panic, like what, what do I do? But, uh, but yeah, it's probably fine. Do you ever remember uh, Star 66, the busy signal fix? Did you guys have that in the UK? I don't think I've ever heard of it. A busy signal fix. I know the kids today don't know what a busy signal is, but some, back in the day when you would call a phone number, like a house phone, if that person was already on the phone, then you get a busy signal. I will play the sound effect here for our listeners who okay. might have never heard it. And here in the States... We used to have this thing called Star 66, the busy signal fix. I still remember the, the rhyme. It was a good jingle where you could do Star 66 and it will basically, I guess, war dial that person's number until they're off the phone. And then when it starts ringing that oh, person's right, phone right. that was previously busy, it calls you back as well and then it connects you. So that was the uh, the busy signal fix. Uh, I don't know the, I, I've already lost it, busy signal thing. Uh, <laughs> but I think we had something like that. Okay. I was too young, really. But there we go. Oh, Oh, I guess I'm I'm older than Work you. with me on that. Yes. Okay. okay, yeah, sure. For I get it. I get it. This episode is brought to you by Notion. Guys, I've been using Notion for many years and I just love it. Not only for organizing my projects, both personal projects and work projects, but now with the incredible tool Notion AI, it helps me brainstorm topics for podcasts or even questions for an interview. Then I can even take things like the transcript from a podcast and ask Notion AI to summarize it, make podcast titles and descriptions. It is just an incredibly powerful tool, especially when you feel stuck. Maybe you feel some writer's block or you're just not sure what you should podcast about next, or maybe you need help writing. Well, Notion Notion AI can help with all of that too. Notion combines your notes and docs into one space that's simple and beautifully designed with the power of AI built right inside, not a separate AI tool or browser tab, which is amazing. You just hit the little slash mark AI and Notion AI will actually give you a bunch of places to start from. That's one of the difficult things with using stuff like ChatGPT is you just get a blank text box. There's not really a lot of prompts or things to help you get started, but Notion AI takes care of all of that, giving you many places to start and ideas for using their AI tools with your writing. Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger, doing tasks that normally take you hours in just seconds. Leverage the power of AI right inside Notion across all your notes and docs without the need to jump between your work and a separate AI power tool. Whatever you're working on, Notion AI lets you skip to the good part. I also ask Notion AI to help me come up with social media posts based on podcast topics or descriptions. It can do all of that for you. Just tell Notion AI what to do. The more details, the better. Start a prompt and go from there. Have it write a blog post, make an outline, brainstorm ideas like I mentioned, and more. It can also translate into any language, help you improve some of your writing and change the tone, make it sound more formal or more casual, and a ton more. So try Notion AI for free when you go to Notion.com slash Apple Insider. That's all lowercase letters. Notion.com slash Apple Insider to try out the incredible power of Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Try Notion AI for free today. Try Notion AI for free right now at Notion.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to Notion for sponsoring this episode and our friends at Masterclass. Guys, I absolutely love Masterclass. It's actually something my wife and I have done in the evenings. We're not sure what to watch. There's so many streaming services and there's kind of a paralysis of choice, but we can actually go into the Masterclass app and watch something we both enjoy. We like being able to learn something while we're actually being entertained. And Masterclass has the perfect balance of that. And also if you just want to learn something new, whether it's a new skill like cooking, or you'd like to hear Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about astrophysics, or an astronaut like Chris Hatfield talk about his time in space, or one of my favorite courses, have Chris Voss talk about the art of negotiation which I understand you might not think you need, but trust me, he has incredible tips for any kind of communication, especially if you deal with clients. And the one class my wife and I enjoyed was Yo-Yo Ma, the incredible cellist, talking about music and creativity. It's wonderful. And the great thing about Masterclass is you can experience it on any device, your phone, computer, tablet, and we actually use the app on our Apple TV to watch those classes. There are over 180 classes to pick from, an annual membership start at just $10 a month, and you get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insights, and more. And what's great is lessons are just about 10 to 15 minutes, so you can just watch one on a lunch break or binge an entire class in an evening. 
And one of the things I like to do is start on my phone. Maybe I'm watching it. And if I need to jump in the car, you can just hit this little toggle and start listening to it like it's a podcast. And if you're listening to this, you probably like podcasts like I do. And it's just a great way to listen to this kind of content. So get unlimited access to every class. And right now, as an Apple Insider listener, you can get 15% off when you go to masterclass.com slash Apple Insider 15. That's masterclass.com slash Apple Insider 15 for 15% off an annual membership. Masterclass.com slash Apple Insider 15. Our thanks to Masterclass for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's move on. iPhone 15. I'm not going to go through all the rumors that have that have gone uh, since time immemorial. You know, we know titanium around the edges. There's going to be less bezel, things like that. But some recent developments, regular leaker Majin Buu on uh, X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, is now showing uh, some images that purportedly show the iPhone 15 Plus with a USB-C port. I think it's all but certain that we are getting USB-C on these devices. But even more than USB-C, Charger Lab actually has some images that reveal it will be Thunderbolt on multiple of the devices, which I think totally makes sense. The 15 Pro, 15 Pro Max, not only USB-C, but also Thunderbolt for those data speed transfers. And especially if there's going to be Increased video, which I don't think we've heard of this rumor, but it has been a long time since we had 4K video. I believe it was the iPhone 6S that introduced 4K video recording. And maybe, I don't know, I there's no sources for this, but maybe 6K or 8K video recording. And if you record that in ProRes, those are going to be some massive files that doing it over a Thunderbolt connection seems like a good idea for those faster data transfers. And I know you film with your iPhone a lot. I've been doing it mm -hmm. uh, much more. Let me ask you, when you do film with your iPhone, what is your, I think I've asked you this before, but I forget. What is your workflow for getting the footage from your phone to your Mac? Uh, almost always AirDrop. Every now and again, AirDrop won't work and I'll plug it in through Lightning and I'll drag it around the finder and stuff. Because I'm never in a hurry. Uh, it never has to be delivered straight away. So I'll just AirDrop it and go make a cup of tea for it and come back and i'm refreshed and it's worked everybody wins what, what kind what kind of tea william yorkshire it's tea it's called very strong uh builders tea. yorkshire uh the proper name for it this brand is yorkshire tea uh the description of it, it you would know in the uk is builders tea so uh -huh. really strong stuff you know when you uh it's uh, you put a, a spoon in if you can pull out the spoon uh you are the rightful king of england that's <laughs> how strong it, it's okay yeah. well, i knew that before Okay, very good. See, I, I've been doing more filming on an iPhone for like secondary oh, yeah. angles. I've been doing this thing where I, I plug it with a lightning cable, USB-C to lightning. And in Final Cut, you can import the video footage directly into your event. And that's typically how I, I like to work with my footage. So I've been doing it that way. Transferring is, is okay quick, but it takes forever for Final Cut to actually recognize the iPhone and let you click it and then browse the video that's actually on it can be weird. So I don't know. I hope the Thunderbolt maybe fixes some of that. Maybe Apple actually like builds in a better importing tool over Thunderbolt for footage into Final Cut. But. I should say Charger Lab believes this. They've based it on a photograph that has an extra chip in it that they think fits a retimer chip, a controller chip, which would imply Thunderbolt. Right. But it isn't set. And I don't know why they've got, uh, they've got images of three from different models uh, and all three of them have this so is it just that they haven't got the fourth or that one poor iphone is going to be left out i mean that is curious i don't imagine there are going to be three pro models actually i tell you i've got a you're obviously into this I, i'm fine it moves to usb-c okay that's handy because i've got lots of usb-c cables all that stuff sure. but i'm not you know counting the days weighing up the rumors but there are so many leaks with component photographs people are really into the components behind usb-c chargers am i missing something i yeah. think i think it's just the fine like finally like the excitement of finally it is usb-c which I'm, I'm mentioning this on HomeKit insider on monday too but i was thinking about it you know us in the tech community we might be excited for usb-c because we already have a bunch of usb-c devices but as i think back from the transition to 30 pin to lightning and the total uproar from just kind of the general public about Apple just wants me to buy new cables. I realized, William, we're going to go through that all over again. Yes. I remember last time, uh, lots of photographs of people holding all of the different types of cables that Samsung users, users had to go through. It's like a fistful of different types of cables, but Apple did one and that was it. End of the world, all that stuff all over again. Do you think, do you think it's going to be as big a deal? Yeah. 
buttons, really. Well, I just, I remember for me, I had all these uh, 30-pin cables, whatever they yeah, were called, pin. and then suddenly I had all these lightning cables, and I could never find a 30-pin when I wanted it. And now I've moved a lot to USB-C with the iPad and things like this. I can't I struggle to find a lightning cable for it. Somebody has been in my house and taking away uh, redundant cables. <laughs> I think that's... Um, that's, that's I, it might be it. because I'm hoarding them over here, because I have so many cables. Okay. So many cables. I don't know what it is. I can't. I can't just chuck them. Like no. I got the uh, Anchor three in one MagSafe cube, which I used when I was traveling, and I really liked it. Oh yeah. But as always, Anchor is great at including not only a USB C cable, but another power brick. Oh. And like I already have power bricks I use because I like having two or three USB C ports in them. This way, I can actually plug multiple devices using one brick. I, I don't, I feel, it feels wrong to just chuck it and just throw out the brick that came with my new device. What do you do with that stuff, William? Well, I'm looking at my office as you said that, and funny enough, I saw a 30-pin connector. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's something to actually have Dangling off a shelf. Have it out and visible. Full of it. So, yeah, um, I don't think I've got anything to plug it into anymore, though. Oh. Yeah. That... But, yes, uh, it's hard to get know. rid of. Do you, do you chuck that stuff? Are you willing to say, or do, or do you put it There somewhere? have been times when I have. Yeah. But most of the time, no. Just goes into a drawer, right? Her cabinet just sits there. Yes, I have a slightly. Uh, I have a drawer I can't close because it has so many cables <laughs> sticking out. I mean, other things as well, but mostly cables. Yeah, I think that's a Firewire cable. God, I remember Firewire. going to the launch of Firewire. Firewire back. I think of all the cables, I think you're safe to get rid of the Firewire. I don't think you need but, that. No, I sat there in this audience and they were talking about Firewire, and they passed around like a, I don't know, thirty centimeters of Firewire cable, and it was passed from each person, and it got to me and looking at the okay and just pass it on to the next person so uh i can't remember where i was and who would have been launching that but it was it wasn't the ipod was it no i would have been more interested if it were i don't know i just sat there thinking (laughs) was it some drive was it like sandisk with a drive or like it was specifically the launch of the cable oh whatever that would be um you were trying to imply i remember thinking why are we here yeah did you just was that okay. your pun, or did they say that? That was mine. Yeah. Then sorry. we need to end, the show. We need to end the show immediately. That was okay. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was too much, too far. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm I'm hoarding a bunch of stuff. I, but I'm preparing now for probably all of my friends and relatives that are going to like be texting me on the launch of the iPhone 15, being like, "Really? Another cable?" My only, I guess, the one hope I have is that if they have bought an iPad in the last five years that they got a USB-C brick and possibly a USB-C cable, oh, yeah. which was not the case. You know, when Lightning launched, there were no Lightning devices before it. It was, that was it. That's true. So maybe now if they got an iPad or, I don't know, their computer with USB-C, ho- hopefully it's not as, as such an uproar, but there'll be people saying it. There'll be TikToks of people yelling about it. Yeah. And uh, just, just forward them to William. He likes watching those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last rumor, and this is very silly, but I wanted to mention... There's a rumor that there might not be any leather cases from Apple for the iPhone 15. Now, I'm not cl- I'm not sure if it's the iPhone 15 or, and or the 15 Pro models, but no leather cases would seem strange. I actually really like Apple's cases, and every year Apple releases a line of both silicone cases and leather cases for the whole iPhone lineup. And I know uh, William goes au naturel. You don't use any cases, yeah. but... I use the cases, and I like the leather and silicone, and I would be sad if they didn't make a leather one. You're still au natural, right? No case? Yes. You don't drop anything ever, apparently, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, once since 2007, so I'm, I'm good, I think, <laughs> for now. Yeah, so anyway, we'll see. Again, less than a month away, we're probably, we will probably find out. Yes. yes. And then one of the rumors, the iPhone 16 Pro, this rumor comes from Jeff Poo from International Securities, says that the 16 Pro next year might have a 48 megapixel ultra wide camera, which currently the 14 Pro model has a 48 megapixel wide or default camera. This would be the ultra wide going to 48 megapixel and Wi-Fi 7, which, you know, okay, new Wi-Fi is, you know, technologies and all that. Yeah, that'll probably come. But 48 megapixel ultra wide camera, I think that would be very interesting. I find myself using the ultra wide a lot, way more than the telephoto lens on my phone. Uh, what do you find yourself using? Do you do you use the ultra wide lens on your phone? Well, I never use any zoom thing. I I, I like the zoom with your feet kind of thing. Yes, Walk move closer. closer. Just move uh, closer. Occasionally ultra wide. There's a couple of things I've been trying to uh, shoot where I needed um, 
a wider field of view to pull off an effect for it. Uh, so ultra wide was very nice in that. Um, otherwise, I just don't tend to think. I just frame hopefully nicely and let it do what it does. But uh, Jeff Pugh's thing, it just sounded like so they're going to have a better camera and there'll be something newer in it. It didn't feel like it was really necessarily based in any. Because, <laughs> right. you know, as I yeah. know, the iPhone 17 Pro is going to have an even better camera. Oh, Probably Wi-Fi 8. You heard it you here know, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You heard it here yeah. first. First and last. Yes, you heard it here. <laughs> well, I also think, I just remembered the ultra wide is used for macro photography. And so oh, 48 yes, megapixel macro photos that would be pretty sweet. Oh, I so. did use macro actually a lot when I was away on holiday. Got some yeah. go gorgeous uh, shots in Japan. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So that'd be interesting again. Well, that's next year. That's next year. Now, you actually had a patent article that uh, might be pointing to Face ID on Macs. If you remember, what uh, what exactly was that patent talking about? It's actually uh, it's newly granted, but weirdly, it was newly granted a couple of years ago as well. And I've been studying the documents, trying to see what the difference is. I don't know what they've changed through it. Uh, so they're obviously taking their time. But uh, when it was first newly granted, we didn't have Macs with any notches and things. So half of it was about having a notch and half was within that notch, there would be a face ID center, uh, center sensor. And now, of course, we have the notch, right. which is fine. It actually just seems weird that we don't have face ID tucked in there. But Apple yep. would clearly like us to. So typical pattern stuff, it uh, discusses how it might be achieved rather than uh, what it might be used for, for example. But in this case, the use is just uh, authentication. So it's kind of obvious what they want it for. See, you know, I, I was thinking about my MacBook Pro and if and when I would ever want to update it. And I feel like I'm good with all my Macs until Face ID. Once Face ID comes to the Mac, I think that is going to trigger, at least for those in like the tech enthusiast community, a upgrade cycle. Because right. I would I would love that. Like I know people are like, yeah, Touch ID is fine on the MacBook Pro and like on the Magic Keyboard that I have, and like, yes, it is fine. But Face ID is just so much better. Like it basically authenticates without you literally having to do anything different. Like you're already looking at the screen. And this I feel especially on the iPad Pro is if I'm doing anything on there and something tries to authenticate, like it just happens. Like it's it, it's already done. Like I, I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to move anything. Didn't have to think about it. And I think that is going to, I don't know, I think it's going to make the Mac experience a lot better. And I feel like if Face ID can come to the MacBook Pro and like this patent was kind of showing to the iMac line, True. I feel yes. like they could also, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe build it into the Studio Display and Pro Display XDR. And I, and I think that only because the Magic Keyboard with Touch ID, it is only communicating via Bluetooth. And if you have a display that communicates via hardwire, via Thunderbolt, I would imagine there could be some kind of authentication. Maybe they throw like a T2 chip in the studio display and, and pro display XDR. You could just have face ID everywhere, just on all the Macs. I feel like that would be wonderful. Are you excited for that? I hadn't thought about the security implications until you said that. I mean, studio display and pro display, you know, they're quite thick things, whereas a MacBook screen, the, the top part of the chassis is very small, very thin. So you can see it being easier to go into a studio display than a MacBook. Yeah, but there's a camera in there now already, you know. True, that's true. There's a yeah. camera in the lid, so just just stick a face ID sensor in there. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it'll make for a better experience. And also, people like to use different keyboards with their Macs. Like, that is an even, like a very popular thing, especially the mechanical keyboard community. I know Wes uses mechanical keyboard. And one of the biggest holdups for me has been if I try a mechanical keyboard, missing Touch ID is just such a, is such a huge loss from unlocking the Mac to yeah. doing Apple Pay, authenticating applications like 1Password. And I know people like Jason Snell and Mike Hurley will literally like duct tape a magic keyboard underneath <laughs> their desk so they still have access to the little touch ID button. And I'm like, this is a crazy world to, to, to do that. I mean, just, yeah. just face ID, just face ID on the Mac. It'll just solve it all. That's what I'm hoping for. I did find once I got my MacBook Pro and was used to touch ID on it, I did buy a, a separate touch ID keyboard for my Mac mini. So yes, I'm with you with liking it. I'm all, I'm more all right with it than you, I think. But I wouldn't change just to get Face ID. But, mm. you know. You have a 14-inch MacBook Pro, right? Yes, I do. 
Yes. When, do you charge with the, the MagSafe or with USB-C? Uh, I split between the two. Actually, right now I'm using it and it's charging through the MagSafe thing. Uh, but in my living room where I sometimes work because it's a little bit cooler, um, we have a USB-C thing and I just whack it in every now and again. It's <laughs> I see that it's slower, but um, it's right. convenient. So, yes. I'll use them all. Yes, all the technology. You just whack it. You just whack it in there. You're getting onto me for throwing my AirPods everywhere. Talking about whacking your your MacBook Pro. Yeah, for whack, read carefully. Insert into the correct port. You know, it's, it's a small difference, nice. but very nice. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by HelloFresh, guys. I cannot tell you how much I have enjoyed HelloFresh recently. We've been getting multiple boxes, and it has become a family affair. My kids really enjoy learning how to cook and making new dishes, and sometimes it can be hard to get new ideas. And you've probably experienced looking for recipes online is an effort in futility. First of all, there's like three pages of something before you even get to the recipe, and even then it might not be great. Well, with HelloFresh, you get incredible recipes with the ingredients and the food needed to actually make it at home. It's quick and easy. I highly recommend. Plus, fall is right around the corner, and HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered to your door. Simply choose your recipes, pick your delivery date, then lay back and enjoy the last days of summer knowing dinner is covered. And you know, going to the grocery store is also a hassle. You don't have to worry about going to the grocery store anymore when the food is just shipped directly to your door. Does it seem like your family is hungry like all the time, which is like mine also? Well, you can actually add snacks, sides, and more to your weekly HelloFresh order. Just simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 add-on items. We cooked some pork tenderloins with a glaze and rice recently and this incredible Gouda burger and this relish on top. Honestly, it was one of the best burgers I have ever had. And I've had a lot of burgers at places like Five Guys and In-N-Out. I'm not getting into a fight right now. But I will have to say HelloFresh's burger, I think it might be better than all of them. Just being honest. So here's what you can do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50AppleInsider and use code 50AppleInsider50, AppleInsider, all one word, for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50AppleInsider and use the promo code 50AppleInsider for 50% off. That link and promo code is also in the show notes. You can just click it there. And there's actually a picture of my family cooking HelloFresh meals as the chapter art as you listen to this. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 50AppleInsider. Use the promo code 50AppleInsider for 50% off plus free shipping. And that is why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Our thanks to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. I also wanted to mention, I finally tried CarPlay with iOS 17. Oh, yeah. Because I was running it on a secondary device, I was not bringing it in the car. And I felt like, let me purposefully actually bring my phone into the car to try it out. And I know some of the updates that are not available just yet or I couldn't experience was like shared playlists. Oh, yes. People being able to like contribute songs or whatever in the car. But I will just say, um, connecting iOS 17 to CarPlay on the latest beta I had noticed basically no difference <laughs> between iOS 16 and iOS 17 CarPlay. And notably, this is uh, to anybody on the Apple Podcast team that is listening. I was hoping with all the updates coming to the podcast app in iOS 17, and there are many, uh, many updates, which are great, like custom episode artwork prominently placed, the new up next queue, having play buttons right on episode cards. Oh, I just noticed too. Oh my goodness. I'm going to take a screenshot of this and put it as the chapter art is that uh, if you put custom episode artwork now in the up next screen, it actually shows the custom episode artwork right there on the up next. Well, there you go. That's very cool. So I'm, I'm going to send this to you, William, so you can, uh, do you, do you, have you seen that? You know what I'm talking about? I know. Oh, well, I understand what you're talking about, but I haven't particularly noticed it. I'll show it to you. You should so, probably uh, subscribe to the Apple Insider podcast and you can actually see that stuff. But anyway, let uh, me send this to Actually, funny enough, AI is one of the few things I, I don't listen to in the car. I tend to listen to it when I'm concentrating. Oh, I see. So you listen to it at yes. half speed, so you hear every word. Is that right? Yeah, let's not go too far. Okay. <laughs> okay, I just oh, sent you an image. Nice. And yes. uh, you can actually see the custom episode artwork, which was the iPhone 5C in a museum for last week's episode. It's right there on the Listen Now page. Yes, it is. And that's, that's pretty cool, right? It is, except, you know, I'm back to feeling old again. I kind of put that behind me, and now you put it back in my face. Oh, sorry, yeah. A 5C in a museum. Okay. There it is. There right. it is. But anyway, the one feature I was looking for connecting iOS 17 in CarPlay was the ability to navigate chapters in a podcast episode, and you can't do it. You can't do it in the podcast app in CarPlay, even in iOS 17. Like you can see the chapter titles on the now playing screen, 
but you can't see the list of chapters nor navigate by chapters in the car. Not through the screen, um, but my uh, steering wheel has, you know, forward-back controls, and that takes me through chapters in at least the podcast that I happen to have been trying. So Yeah, I think you can customize that control in settings, like do you want the skip forward and back buttons to do a 60-second or a 30-second skip forward or back, or do you want to do chapters? No, I mean specifically to the... Well, basically, when I come to certain adverts, on, there's one particular podcast I quite like, but the adverts just are always wrong for me, and I hit that thump next button, uh, and it's it's gone. So unless it's randomly skipping forward and I'm missing half the episode, no wonder I think <laughs> it's better than... Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm curious. Well, anyway, I just 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 put the, the chapter listing in the thing in the in the CarPlay app. That's all. I just want to mention that. Now, we had an article about Apple really milking everything they can out of out of Lionel Messi, yes. the football player or soccer player for here in the U.S. And I just wanted to mention, I I'm not a, a sports ball fan. Okay, I think I've made that clear on this show in the past. But every time I open my Apple TV. All I see is is him. I just see Lionel Messi everywhere, <laughs> like in like in the now playing in my like he's everywhere. He's just all over the Apple TV, and I get it. Like it is a very like I guess exciting athlete, and and Apple's trying to really capitalize on it. But I just I kind of wish the Apple TV or TVOS seventeen had a little toggle that just says it's. I want it to actually say sports ball, and then have the toggle on or off. I just want okay. I, I just want to t- I would be able to toggle it off. But uh, I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about this? Do you have you been experiencing this? No, <laughs> that sounds like my answer for the everything today is no. But uh, I watch a lot of Apple TV. I'm I am conscious of the fact that there's somebody called Messi who did these things. But I, I it's not been in my face in my Apple TV on my TV set. Watched something on the phone the other day, and I went straight to it from the. I didn't see Messi there huh. either. So no, I, do right I think. Now. Something's calling to you to say you should be a fan of whatever the sport was you called it. I'm um, going to watch now. And, oh, no, I'm sorry. Physical is the first thing that comes up with Rose Byrne. I, I keep meaning to watch that. It looks like a really good show. And it's, it's, it's last season. I haven't got to it yet. And then, uh, then it also has a baseball thing, Friday Night Baseball. And then it has... Yeah, skip that. Yeah, then there's sport. Lionel Messi. I see him. Skip. And then another baseball. And then Foundation, which I started two watching. Baseballs. Two baseballs. Two baseballs as I'm scrolling the Watch Now thing. And it's like, okay, I guess I, it doesn't feel like as much of a takeover. I feel like maybe when there's a game, it's, a, it's much more prominent. And I, and I will say, I, I spoke incorrectly. TV Plus actually has its own tab in that top navigation, at least in TVO 17. That's what I'm looking at. But uh, I'd be fine switching out that sports tab. I just feel like, I don't know. It could be a bit, maybe better served. I have to, uh, on the weekends, if I'm reading an RSS newsreader, I, I, I just I have to stop because you'll you'll read a headline that somebody I've never heard of has done this incredible thing, or it's been a calamitous day for somebody, and then you realise from the rest of the headline that it's just sport. It's not actually news at all. All <laughs> of it is sport after sport. <laughs> so just walk away. Yeah. And that that was that's the other thing. I maybe this is what I've been seeing. There's like a watch Messi on MLS season pass and it's this row of like thumbnails about MLS right under your up next like little row. And that's just been kind of persistent for the last month or so. So Okay, all right. Let me ask you this because even though it sounds like fractionally, you know more about sport than I do. Lionel Messi has just moved from somewhere to somewhere else <laughs> to Miami. I know that. Miami that's the fraction you. that's the fraction I know more yeah he moved to Miami after our apparent 20 year career of some incredible highlights or whatever it is doesn't this mean the man is actually at the end of his football career and is winding down by getting a nice gig on the tv set or something is that not uh, how it's that going? might that might be accurate and I feel like the MLS is a fairly like recent thing that's trying to gain popularity because it's the american soccer league right it's major league soccer yeah you're asking the right guy here yeah definitely mm. <laughs> i don't i don't know what's happening listen I, if you like sports ball i'm sorry if we made you mad because i really did not <laughs> I, I don't know no, me neither but listen to us talking about something we know nothing about and as it happens we don't I like. really, we really know nothing you wrote the article about Messi. that's why i thought you'd, you'd uh know it was my job it's what i do <laughs> You know, I found out the information and I got it, and then I forgot it immediately. That you get assigned the messy article, and you just just your I did, face actually, drops. Yes, <laughs> your face drops. I don't know anything about this. 
This is one of your shorter articles, I will say. <laughs> it, does, it is pretty short compared to some of your usual uh, prose here. So. It's pretty funny. Oh, look, at the very bottom it says, I really didn't want to write this, but it's very small print. <laughs> it's just very, very okay. small. It's amazing. All right. Oh, th- I thought this was interesting. So Setapp, if uh, our listeners are familiar, Setapp is kind of a uh, an app with a bunch of apps. It is kind of a, its own app store. And if you pay for the Setapp subscription, you get access to many, many different applications, especially lots of useful Mac utilities, which is pretty fun. And it seems like they might be preparing as the Digital Markets Act in the EU uh, going to take into effect, at least for Apple devices over there, where they have to open up to alternative app stores, that Setapp might launch its own alternative app store in the EU next year, taking advantage of some of these law changes. And it might be possible that not only have the app store on your EU iPhone, but that you would have the set app store or set app, at least as kind of an app of apps uh, there on your phone, which I think would be very interesting. Very interesting. First time outside of jailbreaking that this would be on an iPhone kind of, you know, like stock, like actually supported as an actual software feature. And of all the places, I think set app would be great. And you, you absolutely know Epic Games will be right behind that if they can actually get the whole like, you know, percentage of what goes to Apple and what goes to them, which I'm not sure how that works over there, but I don't know. I thought this was interesting. There is another reason why Setup are doing this. I mean, I like the Setup company. Um, at the moment, it's something like 230 full Mac apps if you sign up for it. And there's some very good ones in there. There's some rubbish fiddler, but it's a, a good deal yeah, it's for good it on the Mac. They do also have, I think, last time it was something like 30 or 40 iOS apps, but because of the way the App Store works, they can only be iOS apps that have a Mac equivalent. So you, it's like it's subscribing to the Mac one, and it gives you a QR code to then get the iOS linked for it. And it's that's clever, but it's quite contorted. And once I tried it out, I never really went back. Whereas mm. with this, they hope to be able to get iOS developers in and do the same thing. That you pay one price and you get access to a mass of apps. Um, it's a good service on the Mac. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, they were the first people I thought, yeah, actually, that could be interesting as an alternative app store. Otherwise, I'm thinking, am I I'm never going to sign up to give Epic Games money for apps no. that I no. could just get the way I did before. So Setup, I thought, was they found a clever thing, a useful um, end to this situation. Yeah, yeah. So I would be curious. I don't know if you had it available to you, William, would you install apps through the set app store on your iphone yes because i already do through the mac um i trust the company i trust the apps that are on there for it i i don't think i would even have thought about it unless you'd asked the question whereas i never jailbreaked um and i i'm i'm as wary of side loading as apple wants you to be and the idea of uh epic games the underdog giving my money to them instead of to Apple for it. And Apple created the App Store thing. Epic Games just kind of leeching off the... No, it's just no. So I was surprised, but I do think Setup found a a nice use case that actually makes sense. Not for everybody, and obviously not for everybody outside the EU as yet, but it's it's good and clever. So good on them. Well, finally, I do do want to touch on... I mentioned that the iMac celebrated 25 years. I'll I'll put our article uh, in the show notes. Again, William wrote that. Just a nice little walk through memory lane of the iMac. But in the last few minutes, you actually had another article that you put in here about Apple product placement in TV yes. and film and how that uh, villains uh, can't, or they're not allowed to use iPhones. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, we already knew that because um, Ryan Johnson uh, outed Apple on this. In one of his films, or in anybody's films, if a character is using an iPhone, they are not the baddie. And uh, Ryan Johnson wrote Knives Out, so it was a murder mystery. It was really significant who was and wasn't using this. And he quite gleefully <laughs> spoiled this yes. for everybody. But now another company, uh, it's actually a UK company that does some sort of um, credit comparison stuff. They've uh, done called Merchant Machines. They did us. They took somebody else's collection of product placement data and analysed it to see which companies were getting shown on screen the most. And uh, the interesting thing, I suppose, overall is that Apple is ridiculously well placed, three <laughs> times more than Dell, for example. Wow. Um, 
But for me, the interesting thing is, a strictly speaking, product placement means a company has paid to be in it. So when you hear a character on television say that they're going to bing something, Microsoft has paid for that. Absolutely. Because no real character would ever say that <laughs> at all. No human would ever say. But equally, uh, I mean, it sounds from Ryan Johnson that you need to get permission from Apple if you want to use devices. But there are times when it, that is what the character would use. That There are times sure. when it's what the producers and the writers like. Because I actually, when I was writing that article just moments ago, I, I, went, I wondered what was wrong with my head because I remembered uh, the script. You'll like this. The script to Only Murders in the Building, episode one. Uh, there's a cat. If you remember that series, if you've seen it, tremendous series, Mabel carries around a knitting needle and dreams of attacking someone with it. But in the original version of the script, it wasn't uh, a knitting needle. It was an Apple pencil. Oh. And you, I mean, this is a family show. There is no way I can tell you what Mabel says about Android phones in a voiceover in that version of the script. Wow. And yeah, you know, it's two years since I read it, you know, got to check this, went to it. No mention of the Apple Pencil wow. everywhere. But then I found an earlier draft, which is obviously the one I'd caught a couple of years before. And there it is. This foul-mouthed tirade about Android and people being attacked with an Apple Pencil. Apple did not pay for it to be in the script. So that was in there because the writers, uh, Steve Martin and Jeff Hoffman, right. wanted it for that character. So uh, the point of all this is you don't know that Apple has paid, but the odds are most of the time it has. And it's uh, paying a lot. I mean, yes. do you watch The After Party? I have, I've seen most of the first season, yes. Well, I'm deep into the second, and it is, it's ludicrous how many Apple devices there are. Well, I mean, really a, subtly. That's a TV Plus there. original too, right? I mean, that's, Yes, it is. Yeah, so yeah. you'll have a wedding DJ. Of course, he has AirPod Max. Uh, the lead character, the murder victim of the story, uh, seems to run his whole crypto business through a Mac studio. But um, I watched this with my wife, who is, you know, she doesn't read Apple Insider. She doesn't write for Apple Insider. She's, I, I believe the word is normal. Um, and <laughs> when I mentioned this to her, it had all gone by her. It's done wow. that subtly, that naturally. That's funny. Uh, it's not in your face. So give them some credit. That. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I'll put a link to that article in the show notes. And to everything we discussed, uh, thanks for tuning in. You can, of course, support the show, patreon.com slash Apple Insider and directly in Apple Podcasts. And, uh, you know, hit us up on social media. William and I are everywhere. Those links are in the show notes as well. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.